This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He oh, he's the Hello, welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, the college editor here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, alongside Carter Yates. What's up, man? How was your Halloween last night? It was pretty good. I saw um, me, and my girlfriend, me and my girlfriend went to go see Psycho at uh, the Angelica in Dallas. What's, so, wait, a, what, Psycho? Is that a new movie or <laughs> older movie? <laughs> the classic Psycho? Alfred Hitchcock? Oh, the no. original Psycho. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How was that? It's fantastic. Uh, second time seeing it in the theater. Um, it really, is, it really do, still does hold up. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, we, we saw that, uh, and that was basically it. Um, went to grab a drink afterward, but that was mostly it. And it, I like that the Angelica does that every year. They have like Hitchtober where they show like all of Hitchcock's movies, like Vertigo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty sick. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What about I, you? Uh, Got a big bag of candy and then had about seven trick-or-treaters show up all night. Okay. So, then so you just had a big it? bag of candy. So I just had a huge bag of candy afterwards. Like, Aww. look, the kids let me down this year. Like, I have someone has to eat all this. It's going to go bad. <laughs> Are you not a candy person? No, I am a candy person. I like Starburst and Skittles, although Skittles are getting nerfed now because of Red Dye 3 being taken out, apparently, which is like... Red Dye 3? Yeah, What's that? California's taking out Red Dye 3 of Skittles. Interesting. Why? Uh, it's, apparently it's like super bad for you, oh. but it's so, so tasty. <laughs> no, my favorite's the new green one because they changed it the from like, ones? yeah. So the green oh, one is used different. to be like strawberry so right or something. No, wait, huh? We disagree so hard on no, this. No, the green, the green one now is like apple or something yeah. and it's much better than whatever it was it's before. green apple it was green lime. apple it's, lime. No longer, it's no longer lime no it's green yeah, apple. it's been green apple lime for like is five nasty. years i didn't really i mean i no. haven't skills that much in the past five years but i, I take lime flavor yeah the lime flavor was what? way better yeah. yeah y'all are crazy lime in general is better than, than green apple flavor okay whatever Anyway, Incorrect. what you do, Mallory, for Halloween? <laughs> uh, I had a fun Halloween. So Pickle and I got home early last night, yep. and we made a little potion concoction for drinks. Nice. <laughs> and then it was nice and warm. We put some cinnamon in there. Yeah, it was a cute little wine drink. Sweet. And then we set up chairs on our front porch, and we got our bowl full of candy, and we sat it next to us, got our blankets, and we just sat there and waited for trick-or-treaters to come up to us. Nice. With so, our witch's brew. With our witch's with brew. Witch's yeah, brew. and we had some Halloween music going on, so it was nice. I kind of I looked at her at one point, and I was like, are we, like, forcing these kids to come up to us because we're sitting outside, <laughs> like, just <laughs> staring at them until they come up to us. Well, that but was, that was, was better, fun. That was better than what I was doing because I was, like, looking outside my window. And That's my, creepy. No, it, a okay, it was a little creepy. But that, I, I, can, I can imagine you <laughs> That's just, a little weird. But, like, you just staring out the window <laughs> <not gonna lie. laughs> trying to get kids I'm to come the, in. I'm the third house on the street. The first okay. two houses, the kids would come down. They would knock on the first door. No one okay. was home. Knock on the second door. No one's home. And I'm sitting out the window like, just try one more door. I'm here with the candy. But, you know, they have no like attention span, no patience. They're like immediately onto the next street. I get that. But it, 
<laughs> I don't know. Just sitting there like, please, like, yeah. please, come please. Back. <laughs> you can have two pieces of candy right. instead of one if you come. That's great. Uh, I uh, I left the movie and I checked the score of the Rangers game and I was very happy. Oh my, so yeah. I almost went insane. back to the theater because like they gave up like five runs once I started oh, watching and I was like, what's another movie I can go watch? Like, yeah, right I know. Now. <laughs> uh, Keep my mind off of it. <laughs> so yeah, go Rangers. Uh, hopefully, take care of business tonight. Um, anyway. So we will we'll call Mike Craven later because we're going to talk UTSA UNT of course and talk about that rivalry. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Carter, you have a new piece out now on Sonny Dykes's return to Lubbock. Of course, TCU's playing Texas Tech, and so definitely go check that out. We'll talk more about that game in a bit. Uh, with some headlines though, because we do have some. Uh, let's start off with the big news. Uh, there was some news that. Mallory, I didn't tell you about that. Just kind of dropped like an hour ago. Um, not ma- a major news, but just kind of a tidbit. Uh, Big Twelve released their futures schedule um, mm-hmm. for next. So I'll, we can kind of just touch on that later. But the big news, of course, was last night Texas making their debut in the. I don't say debut in the college football rankings because they've been ranked before, but debut in the kind of teams to watch rankings. Officially coming in at number seven um, yesterday during the college football playoffs. So. Yeah, they were the only Texas team to make it, of course, because uh, nobody else is ranked or kind of really in the picture so far. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. What were your guys' thoughts? Too high, too low, about what you expected? I thought it was just right. Just right? Yeah, yeah I did too. I mean, like, look, t- the, there's five undefeated teams right now, and they're all Power 5 teams, so, like, right. All those teams have to go ahead of Texas, and mm-hmm. then Oregon at seven and one, like might well, be playing. Well, uh, uh, Air Force is up there, but they're they're undefeated, but they're not up there. Sorry, I meant to rephrase. But that. are they power they five? Also, no, no. You said there were five undefeated teams, and they're all power five. Yeah, uh, and then Air, Air Force, Force is it, yeah, Air Force okay. is the only so, one. That's so so not, there are six. Yeah. five of them are power my five. Bad. Yeah. Yes, my bad. Arizona Air Force is undefeated, but they are not in the top five of the right. country. Right. Uh, Oregon at seven and one is probably playing the best ball. Out sure. of all these teams right now, so mm. I definitely think even you think better than Washington. Yeah, Washington's been shaky. Yeah, Washington. I mean, they beat they lost to Washington, but Washington hasn't looked great the past two weeks since since that Arizona loss State. To Washington, yeah, 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 yeah. Air, Arizona State. Oregon kinda. has been much better. Washington's been really shaky. Yeah. since that loss, and they Ooh. they looked really shaky yeah. in Stanford last week too. Yeah, that's true. I did forget so, about that. So, like, I I think that's exactly where Texas should be. The mm. thing that like is worrying for Texas fans now is like. Ohio State and Michigan play, obviously. They're probably going to be one loss. It's going to give one of those teams one loss. Yeah, that's going to be undefeated going into that game, both right. of them. Right. Where is where's another team that's going to falter? Maybe Washington. Like, Texas has to win out. And if they mm-hmm. have one loss, they're completely done. And even if they do win out, like, I, I've always assumed they would get in. But, like, if there's five undefeated teams, is mm. Texas on the outside looking in? Maybe. Um, also, yes, yes. There are five undefeated teams. Texas is probably on the on the outside looking at. I will say, so it does kind of play. Sometimes the college football playoff likes to just like let knowing things will play out. They'll rank them a certain way. So like you mentioned with Ohio State and Michigan, like they they'll play each other, right? So one of those teams will win out, and one of those teams will be the sixth or seventh, right after after the loss. Um, and then they have a Big Ten title shot against most likely Iowa, and they'll just wreck them usually. It'll be the worst game ever, but they'll just beat them. Um, and so yeah. theoretically, okay, there's your Big Ten. Uh, Georgia, barring anything happening, you can kind of pencil them mm-hmm. in. It does get a little fishy when you get to Florida State because it looks, I don't know, the ACC does not look that tough, and they're rolling through it, right? Duke was probably their best matchup, and Riley Leonard was hurt, so like that really wasn't 
a great matchup. Maybe Miami. I know they're unranked right now, but like they do have the talent to kind of do and they something. They figured out they yeah. can kneel now. Right, yeah, they figured really out they helps. can kneel the ball whenever whenever they're winning. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they got to play in the ACC title game, but again, conference doesn't look that great. So, yeah, I mean, there is a world where, yeah, it could potentially happen. And, of course, we're assuming that Texas takes care of business and beats potentially Oklahoma in a rematch. This weekend, of course, we'll get to in a bit. It's a massive uh, assumption. It's right. So no, that's fair. It's a that's fair. But it's like left, we don't yeah. know, you know, all of a sudden – this week, honestly, not only Texas, Kansas State, but Bedlam is this weekend, too. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Oklahoma State looks like a team that could also be playing in AT&T, potentially, uh, with, with Ollie Gordon and Alan Bowman there. So, again, we don't know who Texas is going to play because it's not a guarantee, especially after last week, that Oklahoma is going to play go back to the Big 12, mm-hmm. go back to uh, – or represent in the Big 12 championship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is a scenario, right? But I do think – Still, right now, I still think Washington and Oregon will. I mean, they'll they'll duke it out probably again in the Pac-12 championship. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still played on a neutral site? I don't know, but the Pac-12 is the conference of cannibalization. No, it is. It is. They. This is a team. This is a conference that probably could use a second bid, mm-hmm. but just not going to. Just the way the schedule is going to play out, and then of course they're going to play each other again in the championship game. Um, Utah obviously lost Cam Rising, but they look like a team that should be theoretically in the hunt if they were healthy. Um, but of course they're not, and they lost. A, they've already lost two games. So what about a what about a two bid bid Big Ten? I mean, see that's the thing. Four. It's like the, the I think they're I think the Big Ten this year justifies. <laughs> what they're eventually becoming, which is adding USC, adding UCLA, because it does feel like a team that, or a conference that probably should have two bids, but due to, like, strength of schedule, just isn't right now. Because, like, all the three, I say three, even though we can all, I can acknowledge that Iowa's defense is really good. They're not in the conversation. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, um, those three are their best teams, but like only one of those teams has played each. Only one of those, you know, there's only been Ohio State versus Penn State. None of those other three of, uh, other matchups have happened. And yeah, so and when you look at the rest of the conference, it's yeah. also like, all right, what, you know, Minnesota, Nebraska, you know, you start Minnesota! With- <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> but like now you're looking at a conference where like if this was next year, they would have already played slash beaten UCLA. They would have played right. slash beaten USC. You know, like so. I think they're kind of justifying their expansion in that way. As awkward as it's going to be, with like, yeah, they have three teams with like one loss. Or I guess Penn State they have one loss still. Penn, Penn State, State has yeah, one. Uh, but, but they're but only one of them. We know only one of them is getting in. Yeah, because of that. Right. The Big Ten's been boring this year. Michigan's had a cakewalk. No, like I said, that's because they haven't played anybody. We yeah. like we. It's not until late this mo- late next month or this month that yeah. they play. Like it was like Ohio. State State versus Penn State was the first marquee game in that conference. It was a total and it stunk. Clunker. Yeah, it stunk. Yeah, yeah. Big Ten's been boring. I, what I've always like pictured in the back of my mind happening as we hurtle towards the final championship with all the conference realignment is that Pac-12 has an undefeated team that gets left out. Yeah, in like the fifth spot for a one-loss like Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. Like so, let's yeah, say, you're, that's a good point. Let's say Ohio State and Michigan play in that game and then like Ohio State shocks Michigan and then they let Michigan in with one loss but Washington's undefeated and then college football Twitter just explodes yeah. <laughs> like that's what I've been that's what I've been waiting on to right happen. okay final thing from this yep who are your top four right now Ooh, right now I mean if you if you yeah. had to project if you had to project, project here at the end of the year end of the year end of the year okay yeah okay. okay say you're the committee right <laughs> Everything's been set. I'm going. Who are you going with? I'm going Michigan, yep. Georgia, 
I think Florida State, Washington. I think I think Washington. They haven't. They've looked shaky, but I think they squeak it out. Yep. I really do. Yeah. I'm gonna go Ohio State. Then I'm gonna go Georgia. Okay, I'm gonna keep it the same there. Then I'm gonna go Florida State, and then Washington. I think Michigan gets bounced at the end by the end of really? the year. Not only because they haven't played anybody, but also with everything going around on around their program right now, I feel like. If you lose Connor Stallions, that's a huge loss. We have to talk about that. Oh my God. Okay. A big a big missing presence on the sidelines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But seriously, like all, the, all the bad vibes are on the program, I think. Like, they're uh, out. I guess. Yeah, but then they it's lost the Jim story. Harbaugh for like four weeks. And yeah, they but they played nobody. No but, he, no, but didn't you realize he died for four weeks? Because they had to do like the kneeling on the field yeah. and all that for in tribute. The, the, the J.J. McCarthy, like, the, like yeah. <laughs> the yeah, free they, Harbaugh. They put, the, they put the fist up because he died for three weeks. Oh, so. You realize he chose to suspend himself, yeah, too. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of things for that fan base. Anyway, uh, before we let Mallory go unfiltered. Yeah. Um, no. So a couple schedules were announced. Uh, I mentioned the SMU one to you before we started recording, Mallory. Um, they announced their ACC home opponent or their, their schedules, uh, full of schedules. Uh, but the one that stood out to me was they get Florida State at home next year. That's that going to be fun. rocks. That's going to be really cool. So their home game next year are for Florida State. Um, I love Florida State. Atlantic Coastal Conference team Cal. Uh, and then uh, Boston College and Pitt are their home games. And then they get Virginia, Louisville, Duke, and then Atlantic Coastal Team Stanford uh, on the road. So that's uh, – Bro, Florida, that's Again, so... Florida State, really interesting. Um, yeah. I'm interested in the Cal game because it's going to be the Who Hates Sunny Dykes more bowl. Yeah. <laughs> versus <laughs> you and, and Cal. Uh, when he goes, that's good. When, when they, I feel like he should do like ceremonial coin toss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just get booed. <laughs> He's gonna that be like, "Why well, I'm going back to t- Fort Worth?" Um, so, but before we start recording, the Big Twelve also announced theirs really quick. So we don't have to go through all of these. I'm just gonna run through them and give. We can give quick thoughts. I'm gonna go through home schedules, by the way, just home. Uh, Houston home, they host Utah, Baylor, Kansas State, Iowa State, uh, TCU. They host Arizona, Texas Tech, Houston, uh, Oklahoma State, and UCF. Texas Tech hosts Arizona State, Colorado, Baylor, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and then Baylor hosts BYU, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. I believe every Texas school – no, okay, so TCU and Houston avoid Colorado next year, and then Tech avoids Utah. Tech and Baylor avoid Utah. So that's what it looks like at least next year. The biggest things I saw is like the protected rivalries. Yes, uh, that's, so, that was Baylor. I have that on my phone. Baylor and TCU uh, are the only in, is the only in-state one protected. That kind of hurts because yeah. us not having the butt bowl as a protected rivalry stinks. <laughs> no pun intended. Really stinks. <laughs> <It's a laughs> um, I do like TCU and Baylor playing each other. That that's great. Like yeah. that needs to be protected. Yes. Also, the holy war with BYU Utah. Yes, needs to be protected. That was a good one. But I would have liked to see a little more protected rivalries among Texas on Texas teams. Yes. I think they prioritized home and homes, yeah. which I understand. Uh, but and look, I mean, you can't protect all these rivalries. But right. in terms of us in our brand, I will say the they. Did you see the ACC's protected rivalries? No, they just made things up. Like well, SMU and Cal. Yeah. <laughs> SMU's Cal it's and like Cal is a protected where? one. <laughs> it's like, what? It's just like, yeah, it is a hodgepodge, but it's just like the Big Tough could have just said, yeah, we're just making this up. And like TCU and Tech 
sure, you're just protected. You know, like, they could have just said something. Because the ACC is like, uh, let's see, Cal SMU, Stanford SMU. Who could, forget? Uh, who could forget the legendary matchup? Like, they have the real ones, like Cal Stanford and all the Miami, Florida State. But then it's like, I don't know, do you know North Carolina and Virginia were rivals? No, I could North see Carolina it. I could see it, but it's like I didn't know. Uh, was like, is that a protected? Right? You know, those things like that. The ACC was like, screw it. You're just a rivalry now. Like you know, like mm-hmm. Cal and Stanford, or not Cal and Stanford, uh, SMU and Cal. You, you're rich schools. Fine, you're a rivalry now. Like it's uh-huh. just like you could do that. I don't know. I, I feel like the Big Twelve definitely should have done more with that. But anyway. Um, if you want to go check out, everybody's putting out their matrixes now for the next couple of years, so you can go ahead and, and do that. Uh, okay, really quick, really, really quick before we get to our previews. Uh, Mallory, do we have the power pole? Yep, we do. All right, so we mentioned that Texas is the only uh, rank, only ranked team in the college football playoff, which means, of course, they are the only team. Uh, they're the team at the top of the college uh, power pole. Staying the same, uh, they will have a big chance to – I don't want to say, like, I don't know, if they win or lose this week, I feel like they should be kind of safe, in my opinion. Just because, like, either they win and keep their – they're 7-1, they're and one, and then SMU at number two is 6-2. and two. And it's like, if they lose to Kansas State, barring getting embarrassed, I feel like you can't really ping them for that. No, unless Texas goes out there and gets 50-burgered. I was about like, to say. Has a Houston versus Kansas State performance, <laughs> yes, yes, then maybe. But sure, SMU, sure. if they beat Rice, that's, like, not enough to jump them to right. number one. Um, so, Texas, SMU, Rice, uh, Texas, SMU, Texas A&M, UTSA, Texas State, TCU, Rice, Tech, Houston, Baylor, North Texas, UTEP, and Sam Houston. So, those that is our power poll. Um we kind of already – I feel like the bottom is set. Sorry, SMU. Oh, sorry, Sam Houston. locked in. 0-8 uh, versus the next teams are three Actually, wins. So. 12 and 13 are – UTEP, Sam Houston are locked in. But Houston, Baylor, North Texas, like there could be some movement here. Oh, there's, gonna, there's definitely going to be some movement there. Um, so, yeah, there's a quick power rundown of the power poll again. Remember, um, Mike Craven updates, updates these every Sunday after the college football week – or Monday, I should say. Um, and, yeah, we'll have another clean slate – uh, big slate, I should say, this weekend with Carter. You will be in Austin for the big game for that one. The big game. The big game. Uh, Texas versus Kansas State. And the man on the line now will be in Denton for UTSA, North Texas. Let's get into our games of the week. Mallory, let's start off with the one that we're calling in Mike Craven for. All right. Craven, you are going to be at UTSA in North Texas this Saturday. Kickoff at 2 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. UTSA coming in as 7.5-point favorites. The over-under is 71.5. Craven, it's the it's the Hartley and Craven Bowl this week, and how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. It has been 10-plus 10, 10 seasons uh, since UTSA won in Denton. So it, it's yeah. probably yeah. time for they're due. That's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, due. they sure are. I was uh I was listening to the press conference from from Jeff Trailer this week because of course a lot of people were asking him about just the history of the programs and like hey, you know the last time you guys were here I think it was the 2021 season where they were unbeaten and of course they got rolled in the in the in the weather. Um, he mentioned the running backs in particular. He was like, yeah, you know the head coach has changed, but like we still can't tackle the guys who they have. <laughs> we couldn't tackle the guys they have toting the rock. Basically, is what he said. Um, is it basically going to be down to that? A lot of the a lot of the talk has been about Chandler Rogers and the offense for good reason. But I don't know if you're UNT or if I'm UNT, I look at that and say, oh, they have they haven't been able to tackle these guys in like two years. So why would we give it to anybody but these running backs in the backfield? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I do think those are, the, you know, their most talented players. Although Chandler Rogers, the last like six weeks has been incredible since yeah. he's been inserted into the starting lineup. They've scored points on everybody, at least in one half of, of every <laughs> single game this last few ones. And so, you know, it does feel like both offenses are, are going to score points. This thing's not going to be a low scoring game. I, I'd imagine it gets into the 30s, maybe even the, in the 40s down there uh, late. So it's going to come down to turnovers, which quarterback makes a mistake or two. And honestly, you know, lately Rodgers has been the guy who hasn't. I think he yeah. only has one one interception on the on the season. So to me, this comes down to quarterback play and, and which guy makes plays and which guy, you know, maybe makes a mistake or two. So, Craven, I really, really want to take the over on this game, like very badly, but I've heard there's gonna be some bad weather in Denton. Jeff Trailer said he's about to suspend his training staff if they give him any more bad news on the injury front. <laughs> Does that cause you any concern for the amount of points we're gonna get on Saturday? Not really. You know, I mean, I, I think UTSA has allowed a lot of points, even though they've been outscoring opponents so much it, it hadn't really mattered. But they've allowed a lot of points. North Texas, we've talked about all year with their defensive struggles. Both of these teams can run the football. So even if it is a little windy and the weather's wacky, I, I think they can score points. They scored points in that 2021 game up in Denton that didn't have great weather uh, that Ish referenced earlier. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I would, I don't, the over is pretty high. So I may mm. not take it just because of how high it is, but I'd be very shocked if this thing isn't, you know, both teams in the, at least the 30s by the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, looking at their numbers right now, I mentioned the backfield. Ayo he's at seven and a half yards of carry. Oscar Adoy's at almost five and a half. And then Isaiah Johnson's at almost six and a half yards of carry. So, of course, the day he's there, they're, they're workhorse back. But you mentioned Chandler Rogers, only one pick on the year, 65% completion. I think the thing that, has impressed me most about him is unless and this is kind of where UTSA is gonna have to probably get to him is the pass rush um, unless the pocket collapses on him and the pass rush gets to him he gets the ball out right there's all there's like no there's never a situation in where I don't know it's it's partially Eric Moore's system where it looks like there's always somebody open for him to go to but it looks like he's always making a decision that's just like Oh, that's just that's just the right play. It feels like every single time. And you mentioned how he doesn't make mistakes. What have you seen just in general from like, you know, from week two, even I mean, even when he came in against Cal and like in the garbage time against FIU, like he does look still different from then. Yeah, it's like to your point, I think he's making decisions faster. He's trusting the reads and what he's seeing on Wednesday and Thursday on Saturday. And, mm. and that takes some time in a new offense. Right. I mean, you can see it on Thursday at practice. You can see it. Friday on film, but then on Saturday when the bullets are flying, sometimes you can start second-guessing yourself. The purpose of the air raid offense and what Eric Morris is running is to make it easy on the quarterback, to, yeah. to not make it overly complicated. I mean, Mike Leach famously had, you know, like a six-by-eight index card of plays because he didn't think it was all that complicated. And so it is see space, throw to space, catch ball, and then run. That is mm -hmm. what uh, they're doing offensively, and that, that fits what Chandler does well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't see it. Stop. I think the one thing about the North Texas offense that you see, and this is probably true across a lot of these style of offenses, is it's that first play or two of a series. Yeah. If North Texas goes forward early on and gets a first down, and, you know, on, on first down or second down, then it's off to the races. They're down the field. They're scoring points. You've got to win that first first down, that first second down, try to get them three and out and out of rhythm because once they're in rhythm, it is going. And I think that's why we've seen – North Texas struggle for a quarter or two and then explode for a quarter or two offensively. 
Graven, how would you grade so far Eric Morris' first season in North Texas? Because the first two games, it looked like they were going to go over. And to his credit, I saw, you know, he switches the quarterback out. They start doing more four-down lineman sets, and they've been pretty competitive uh, over this back half of the season, these last six games, but still just not finding those ways to win. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the job Eric Morris has done so far this year? I think it's been good, you know, especially this last month, you're starting to see an identity. And for me, that's what the first year is about. I kind of throw away the record. I mean, you're probably going to take a step back under a new coach when you've gone to bowl games for five out of six years. You were in the conference championship game last year. North Texas didn't get rid of Seth Luttrell and bring in Eric Morris to be better in 2023. They, they wanted to be better in 2024 and beyond. And part of that is just starting to build a team that looks like the one you want to. And you can be an observer from the outside and go, OK, those are the things he's trying to get to. And I feel what Eric, what Morris is doing on offense, we all expected, right? I mean, at Incarnate Word, Washington State, like they're going to put up points. I think defensively and on the offensive line, they're starting to get a little bit tougher. They're starting to play well in, in tight spots. They're, they're becoming more situationally aware. And anybody who watched him at Incarnate Word knows that first year you kind of throw away. It's a building block year. And then he turned that program around. And North Texas was in much better shape than that one. And so uh, I think he's doing well. And I think it's going to be a program that – with the resources that they have, should compete at the G5 level with with everybody else in that conference after SMU after SMU's gone. Lastly, of course, we got to ask you about just in the recent run from UTSA, a team that was battered start the year. Of course, you talked about Frank Harris's injuries and his off season. Now, I mean, he's been seemingly looking like as close as to what we've seen until the old Frank Harris. I believe last week he had almost 400 yards passing. Um, they really haven't really missed – recently they haven't really missed guys like uh, uh, Zachary Franklin, who of course transferred, J.T. Clark, who's been hurt. You know, what have you – I don't know. Is this the team that can compete for the AAC now, now that they're, they look healthy, Frank looks healthy and back to it, and we're seeing guys in the receiving core not, not named Josh Cephas kind of step up as well? I believe so. They're getting a little bit more balanced. It feels like the running game's coming along, and I'm, I'm sure that has to do with offensive line health and just health of the running back position in general. And so, you know, UTSA has never been all that deep. You know, they've always been a few injuries away from, you know, and that, that's kind of true at the G5 level, right? You're, you're a couple key injuries away from going from 10 wins to maybe seven wins. And I think my, you know, I'm kind of a skeptic Roadrunner fan a lot mm -hmm. of times as an alum. Um, you know, they hadn't played anybody the last month. Like, they should be beating Temple. They should be beating UAB. They should be beating FAU without Casey Thompson that way, you know, East Carolina. And so North Texas has been tested. They've yeah. played Memphis. They've played Tulane. They've played them to close games. They've been in close games. They've stormed back um, from deficits. And so, you know, for UTSA, this is probably going to be the first time that they're truly challenged, um, you know, since the non-conference. And, you know, they hadn't been in a close game in a while. So if it gets that way – I think it does, like I said at the very beginning, I think it comes down to which quarterback you know, maybe makes a mistake or two, and that's going to be the only difference that, that needs to be had. All right, man, what's your pick? Uh, I, th I got UTSA uh, in a pretty close one. I think it's going to be about 41-38, you know, last ball. You know, And that, that's what it was in the regular season last year. I think it's yeah. going to be one of those kind of you know shootouts between two teams and, and two really good rivals. Mallory. I think I got to go with Craven on this one. Oh, I man. do have to say, though, the last time that UTSA traveled to uh, play North Texas, the weather was bad. And guess who won? Yeah. North Texas yeah. knocked off a top 25 team at home. So. Yeah. All right. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, <laughs> I do. You know, I put in my 411 last week. I, I think North Texas is going to beat one of these good teams. And yeah. it would yeah. not shock me if it's UTSA. This is absolutely a live game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the seven and a half feels like too many points. Yeah. 
All right. All right, Craven. Uh, safe travels up, man. We'll see you this weekend. Bye, guys. Thanks, Craven. All righty. All right, so we have Mallory and Craven's pick. I think I'm going to join, though. I think I'm also picking UTSA. If North Texas doesn't win this game, the season's kind of over. Like they in, for, in terms to, of a bowl. In terms of a bowl. Yeah. In terms of a bowl, like if you want to make a bowl game, you kind of have to win win this game because I just don't see them beating SMU. Right. No, so it's I like this either. is your last chance to right. kind of like scrounge the six wins. Yeah. Right. I know. I agree with that. Yeah. Because I think, uh, they, what are they at, three right now? Yeah. Yeah. So they do need to steal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically. So are you saying you are you saying North Texas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go North Texas. I'll <laughs> okay. ride North Texas. Okay. Okay. I will have this. I will have this oh. one up. No matter what I'm doing, what other games I'm watching, I'm having this one up. So oh, this is totally. gonna be fun. I'll probably be there. Yeah. So depending on the weather. <laughs> depending on the weather, that's always a factor. All right, let's go. All right, our second. That's just probably our top matchup of the week. Texas hosting Ooh. Kansas State this Saturday, yeah. November fourth at 11 a.m. You can watch it on Fox. Texas coming in as four point favorites. The over under 50. And a half. All right, You Carter. described this as an anxiety bowl, but there are different levels to anxiety. So explain this type of anxiety bowl in your definition. Well, yeah, I, I misuse the term anxiety bowl. Anxiety bowl is where either coach is going to get fired if they lose. What we kind of talked about on Sunday was like, I put the Mr. Incredibles meme up and it's like, this is like first world anxiety where it's like, oh, if we lose this game, we're not going to get to play in Jerry World and for right. the conference championship. And then like the next game is maybe Texas Tech TCU where it's like, oh, we really took a step back. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And, and then, then Baylor Houston, Houston where it's just it's like, like one of these guys might get fired. <laughs> yeah, that's the real anxiety. Yeah. That is the actual anxiety. Bowl. So that was a little bit of a mischaracterization on my part. But yeah, I mean, this is. Every game Texas plays for the rest of the season is a must win mm -hmm. if they want to make the college football playoff. And Kansas State is the scariest team left on their schedule. Yeah. I think it's scarier Kansas State is than if Texas somehow made the Big 12 championship and played OU again. Well, because they played OU. They kind of know, you know, what to – I won't say they know what to expect, but, like, there is that familiarity with OU. Right, you're probably more comfortable preparing for an OU where you're like, what did we do wrong last time? You know, like you have a, a mulligan kind of to say where it's like you were able to do X didn't work, so let's try Y. You know, things like there's something there's something to adjust a little bit. Kansas State, you're just like, we're just going to see if we can play them. And then like if plan A doesn't work, there's no – you can't make up for that. You know, well, it's that also and then also the fact that Kansas State is peaking right now at the yes. right time. Yes. Like they got all their weird losses out of the way early, and now they've just like figured it out. Yeah, the Oklahoma – which, by the way, both losses now don't look bad. Missouri and Oklahoma State, those are their two losses. Yeah. All of a sudden, Missouri is probably the most talented skill position team in the SEC right now. And then we've talked about Oklahoma State before we started recording. Secretly, they also still have a chance at the Big 12 championship. Well, that's just Mike Gundy to a T. Like, just <laughs> when you want to count him out and, like, everything's over, he, he just, like, pulls this out. Pulls it up by the bootstraps. Uh, and the bootstraps is named Ollie Gordon. Yep. <laughs> Rushing for 250 yards, like, every game. Yeah. To be fair, though, yeah. their two losses are, like – oh, wait, no, that's Kansas State. Never mind. I'm yeah. No, I mean, honestly, honestly, Oklahoma State's two losses – South Alabama, who's really South good. South Alabama, okay. And Iowa State, who's not bad. They're not Big okay. 12 contenders, but they're not Kansas bad. State. Um, so Kansas like, State's two losses are very good. Yes, yes. Okay, Kansas, yeah, exactly. So getting back on this game, I mean, oh, man, did you – here's the thing. Did you see enough from Malik Murphy last week to be able to say that uh, if they get on the back foot that he can go in and – 
you know, probably have to make some, because I'm assuming, right, this is me assuming, Texas may get on the back foot in this game, right, just naturally. Um, I think Kansas State's going to come out and try to punch them in the mouth, again, in the way that they can, which is like sometimes literally just punching them in the mouth by running (laughs) the ball 70 times. Um, But it wouldn't shock me if Malik Murphy maybe has a couple slow starts like he did. I think any quarterback would. It's not a Malik Murphy thing. But it wouldn't shock me if Texas finds himself down 7-0, 10-0, 10-3, something like that. And my question is, is Malik Murphy good enough to then, if he has to press, right? No, he's not. No. I don't I don't think he is. Um, look, I, I thought he played good versus BYU. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Yep. He's just not experienced enough. Uh, now, I'll say been, this. I don't think anybody but Quinn Ewers on that team is experienced enough. No. They're, no, I'm not, I'm not saying Arch Right, Manning right. No, I, I, I know you weren't. That's why I was making that, making that clear Let's that I understood. That, thank that you for that. Let's yeah. make that very clear. Yeah. I don't think uh, Malik, definitely not Arch, is yeah. ready to go play against Kansas State. Um, that's why I think Texas can't get behind the eight ball too much and, and start pressing much. And another thing is because like Malik Murphy, we talked about it, like he's been injured. All yeah. the time, too. So it's not even like, oh, he doesn't have that game experience. A lot of times he doesn't have the practice experience, yeah. too, because he's just he's gone through all these lower body injuries right now. I didn't see enough in the BYU game. Uh, Texas is really going to have to rely on the rushing attack with Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter, but mm-hmm. like that's also kind of what Kansas State's strength is. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, like running – I think they're good enough to win this relying on – Brooks, I think Brooks and Baxter, especially Baxter, the past couple of weeks have been really good, and I think so they're, healthy. They're good enough, yeah, um, <laughs> definitely healthy, uh, but very good in terms of they could win if they have the right game, right? If they're just able to rely on them, they're good enough to carry this team to a win. And Malik Murphy just kind of guide the boat, um, but it's going to be can they do that against this Kansas State defense who? They played a good rushing team last week against Houston and didn't allow them to do anything. They played a good rushing team against TCU and didn't allow them to do anything. So I think it's really going to come down to the Texas defense and if they can force turnovers yeah. like they did versus BYU because Malik Murphy wasn't like playing a picture-perfect game, nor as he should have been. Right. And Texas got like two interceptions, you know, got a fumble recovery in there, special teams touchdown. Helped him out a bit. And yeah. in the in the games that Kansas State has lost, it's like Will Howard is freaked out and throwing three interceptions, you right. know. Mm-hmm. And last week versus Avery Johnson, I, he's doing like a read option. He just kind of fumbles the ball. And like he's been phenomenal, but that was the first like freshman mistake he made. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to make Will Howard, Avery Johnson uncomfortable, force them into some turnovers. And that's how they're going to be able to help out Malik Murphy and help win this game because if Texas goes down by two touchdowns, I don't have confidence that Malik Murphy is just going to be able to carry them back in, wheel and deal around the field. Mm-hmm. Kansas State's not that type of team that's going to let that happen. Right. All right, I will go. I'm going Kansas State on this one. I am too. I'm going to go Kansas State on this one too. It's, it yeah. really is a shame that Quinn Ewers is not playing in this game. No, this, because I think I w- at the beginning of the year when it looked like Kansas State wasn't Kansas State, I was like, oh, yeah, Texas is going to roll. And you're like, okay, kind of. It, it almost doesn't matter how good or bad we think Texas is. It looked like Kansas State was down. And so I wasn't really looking forward to this matchup now. But now that you mentioned it, now that Kansas State is peaking, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to get these teams at their best, which mm-hmm. – I don't know. It feels like if, if it wasn't going to happen here, it was going to happen at AT&T. But, of course, this one's kind of an elimination game de facto with all, both of them having one loss. So, yeah, it's a, kind of unfortunate. It felt like this would have been a game if Quinn Ewers played. Like, this is Quinn Ewers' legacy game. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. 
And yeah. unfortunately, it's going to always kind of be a what if right now until, until he comes back. Right. I should also mention um, Bedlam is this weekend as well. Ooh. So that one becomes like yes. we're basically going to have two kind of elimination games for the Big 12 championship. Very potential. Isn't, the uh, isn't Oklahoma State ranked now, too? Either oh, they're no. ranked or they're receiving votes. I couldn't. I didn't see the last I eight people. I think they're in ranked. The, the always dangerous receiving votes category. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are not. They are the. They are twenty sixth based on votes. They oh, have seventy seven votes. Okay. So, so they're close. Yeah, they're close. And then I think Iowa State's the only other one loss team. So this t- at the end of this weekend, we could just have Iowa State in third. <laughs> By yeah. If things just unbelievable. <laughs> or we will have Iowa State in third if they win. Basically, their program was actually deader than dead at yeah. the beginning of the year, yeah. and somehow, Whoop. some way. <laughs> Iowa State, just when they have no expectations, they become like the most sneaky team in the country. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Mallory, what's next? Let's go to tomorrow night. TCU traveling to Lubbock to play Texas Tech at 6 p.m. You can watch it on FS1. Texas Tech coming in as three-point favorites. The over-under is 59 and a half. All right, so this one was this one was a little salty last year. Uh, it took it a was. twenty. They, I think TCU had to score 21 points in the fourth quarter to pull this one out. Um, obviously, both teams are her- hampered. Uh, I believe Baron Morton did practice this week. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play. So that is a big sigh of relief for mm-hmm. Tech fans. Um, and yeah, I. Where are you leaning on this one? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Honestly, I want to. I want to no lean Tech just because now that they have their guy back. But and it's at home too. It's at home. But I'm also like, is he 100? percent I don't know. He had the bye week, so that helped. Um, TCU's looking awful though they looked really bad when when literally anybody just had a small amount of film on, on josh yeah. hoover yeah. um yeah I don't but know. they're coming off a of bye week too now so maybe josh hoover yeah, made some big strides yeah maybe yeah well, yeah maybe josh hoover made some big strides and and just became max duggan i guess yeah. I <laughs> it just feels like tcu's in this extremely precarious situation yeah. right now where if they dropped a four and five after going to the national championship last year, it's almost like is that mentally kind of their point where they realize they're kind of done for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know exactly, but you hear like the Kansas State offensive lineman talking about how they were all quitting and laughing down 30. Right. They got absolutely mushroom stamped, yeah. you know, by Kansas State. Uh, losing to Texas Tech, which is like a pretty average team yeah. right now, it feels like it could be a little bit of a nail in the coffin situation. A little bit. Um, I also think that Tech would use this as a big opportunity to kind of get back on the on track. Um, I still don't think this is not the year that Tech wanted, but I think that to me, they could use this win in terms. Of, t- let me put it this way: TC wins this game, they're like cool. I think overall, it's just been kind of a big deflating year for them. Mm-hmm. Tech wins this game. I think they have the staff and the fan base and the, kind of the roster where it's like they can they use that to kind of finish out strong whatever yeah. this year is turns out to be for them i kind of see this more as they know that what they're building towards tcu it's hard to come from a you know from a national championship game to this mm-hmm. tech knows that it's still kind of an ongoing process i know the fan base is getting a little you know a little bit riled after how the hype was and all that stuff but i still think tech can kind of use this game more than tcu oh, in terms yeah. of tech wins yeah. this game the hype is back up i was about to say the tie yeah yeah so I'm going to go with Tech just because I trust the quarterback situation there more, um, even if it is hobbled Baron Morton. Um, I didn't like what I saw. Granted, he was going against Kansas State, but I didn't like what I saw when literally the first team who had film on Josh Hoover played against him. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Texas Tech, too. I think they win this game, and then last year, remember, they kind of went on a mini run to end the year. Like They were 8-5 and last year, but they were not all that great midseason. They kind of finished really strong. 
I will say if TCU wants to win this game, we know Tech's not really good against. I mean, they're like fine against the run, but Amani Bailey needs to touch the ball like seventy times, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be Josh Hoover going into Lubbock and throwing the ball forty times, in my opinion. Great running back matchup. We have Amani Bailey and Taj uh, Brooks. Taj Brooks. Great yeah. running back matchup of teams that probably don't use their running backs enough. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Uh, All right, final game of the week: Texas A and M playing at number 11 Ole Miss this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN Ole Miss coming in as three-point favorites. All right. The over-under mm-hmm. is 54 and a half. That's, that seems a little low to me. I don't I know. I don't know. It seems a little low until you realize Texas A&M has scored 15 second-half points in the second half of the last three games. Oof. Against and against two, South Carolina. South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee. Okay. Al- Okay. And they also haven't had a TD in the second half the last three weeks. Yeah. Mm. I will say, did you guys see the shot that Lane Kiffin took? Yes. In? No. So, okay, so he did his weekly. I love Lane Kiffin. Yeah, he's great. Uh, so he did his weekly press conference. And uh, I think this was from uh, – the video I saw was from SEC Mike uh, discussing a top ten ranking three seasons in a row for, for Ole Miss. Um, he says, to be able to do that, especially when you are going up against a program, you would think – Referencing AM. So to be able to do that, especially when you're going up against a program you would think will be ranked in the top ten with their roster. Oh. <laughs> and then went I on to say that. Jimbo said their goal is to be bowl eligible, so we can get in the way of that. Dude. So I love that. I yeah. Uh first of all, let me just make it clear. I'm picking all miss their in this heads. one. <laughs> get in I'm their picking all miss in this one because there's nothing more than Lane Kiffin would like to do than to be the potentially the reason that AM doesn't go bowling, yes. even though the bar was set so low. And he may not hit it. <laughs> Let's just say um, when Lynn Kiffin kind of takes pot shots at like Nick Saban in Alabama, I'm like, dude, do not poke the bear. When yeah. he takes pot shots at Texas A&M, I'm not like, oh, they're going to be fired up and right. ready to you know, play. I'm like, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Keep cooking. Um, look, Ole Miss, I think – let me put it this way. My thoughts on Ole Miss in general are I think that they're, they're – I think A&M would love to be what Ole Miss is. And I think that at the same time, Ole Miss fans are kind of mad at what they are because they're very firmly not in the conversation with Alabama, right? I thought they thought they would be this year, but they weren't. That game was are not. Are you talking about this year specifically? I think or are you so. Talking about as a program, because I think Ole, both. Because Ole it Miss always this seems year like is like what Texas A&M has been. I feel like I don't know because I don't. Well, I mean, at least not the past couple of years. A&M. Not the past two years. Yeah. but before I would think that, A&M would love. I mean, A&M would love to be number ten. You know, number yeah. 10 in the country. Um, but I think that Ole Miss looks at this team and they look at the SEC and is like, this should be our playoff year, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in my opinion, I think A&M's looking at Ole Miss being like, that should, like, we should be, we should be disappointed with a number 10 is what A&M feels, right? And, uh, and so I, lo- I think they look at it, Ole Miss and they're like, that should be us, right? Okay. Just, there's yeah, too many that. quarterbacks over there that, they're, that aren't playing, right? So it's like, they got Jackson Dart, they got Spencer Sanders, and they're like, we got... I mean, we like Max Johnson. He's fine, but it's like they got Max Johnson, right? It was like mm-hmm. they had to str- – Connor Wigman gets hurt and the ceiling goes, you know, kaput. So it's like I look at them – I look at this Ole Miss team and be like, yeah, A&M kind of wishes they were this right now. Yeah, I think – I I, don't, I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. I mean, A&M has – A&M's last road win yeah. was at Missouri in right. October 2021. Uh, the road issues are big. Uh Jeez. One nice thing I'll say about A&M, though, is like Torrey and York and Edron Cooper, the linebackers, have been fantastic, and that's a future plug for a story Mike Craven's got coming out about Torrey and York yep. Temple product. Yep. What a find for them in the recruiting trail. 
Uh, he was very underrated coming in. He might be one of the best freshman linebackers in the nation. Edrin Cooper, Lewis Riddick said it in the game versus South Carolina. It was like, Edrin Cooper's the best linebacker in the nation. And at yeah. first I was like, really? Is he? And then the more I watch him, like, he kind of oh, is. Yeah. He kinda, they might have the best linebacker tandem in the country right now. I will say the one thing going in favor for AM, Ole Miss has Georgia next week. Could be like a look ahead maybe. situation. Maybe. I'm not saying I think Lane Kiffin, obviously he's taking pot shots at AM, so he definitely has AM on the mind. So it's not gonna come from the head coach. But like when you have AM when you have Georgia next week, I don't know. Sometimes it could be like AM, yeah, sure, fine. You know, it, we'll I don't see. Know. Ox- Oxford's hard to play in. Too. Oxford is hard to play in. So I, I'm picking Ole Miss, don't get me wrong. Um because mainly I just don't see how I just don't see how this team scores against. It feels enough, like enough. Yeah. I should say it just feels like A and M is at this point playing for a bowl game, and if they are just playing for a bowl game, this loss isn't crucial for them. No, they'll just win next week or the week just after. Win the next week or the week after. That's the problem when you set the expectation at bowl eligibility. Right. All right. Let's go ahead and switch it into the wide zone. Starting off strong with Sam Houston playing oh, at Kennesaw State. This Saturday at 12 p.m., you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. All right, so finally, Sam Houston gets it. a Saturday. Yeah, okay, this, this is, is the week. A, this is actually this is it. The week. So here's the thing. Yes, because Kansas State is still FCS. I think they're FCS independent because they're jumping uh-huh. up next year. They're also doing the thing Sam did last year, which is just redshirting everybody. <laughs> This is not an FBS. This is not an FCS roster. Even this, this is, is like FCS backup roster. Yes, literally. Yeah. So they're two and five. They are not good. Their win came against Tusculum and Lincoln, who does not have a page on ESPN. So <laughs> fake team. Pro- probably possibly um, a fake team. Bishop Sycamore. Bishop, I was this is the Bishop that. Sycamore situation here, um, with probably less <laughs> illegal things going on. Um, but so yes, this should be the, this should be very much be the the week. Um, if it doesn't, then it's just not not happening at all. Uh, yeah, if they if they lost this game, that would be all time sad. And then but this also kind of feels like the win where no one's happy either. Right? It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm then I'm pretty happy because I was about to say maybe just getting it, just getting it shut out. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say just getting it done. Yeah, it might be enough. Um, and this isn't a no, but this is a, this is going to be a conference team for them next year. Right. Right. So it isn't just like you're not beating. You know, no offense to you're not beating the D three team, right? You're not beating a D two team. This is a team that, yeah, a program that you will be seeing next year. So like, there is something to be said about like, you know, if they win dominantly, there's something to be said about that, or just getting a win in general. Here's um, what I'll say. So if I see runs on third and fifteen and pooch kicks versus Kennesaw State, I might lose my mind. What if they're just practicing against them? What if they're up so big and they're just practicing pooch kicks? <laughs> then that's one thing. That's but if fun. the game is tight, if the game is tight and they're playing not to lose, yeah. Versus yeah. Kennesaw State, who's playing all backups, FCS teams, yeah, and they have their brains so wrapped up in this pretzel like that. That's what I'm going to kind of lose my mind a yeah. little bit. Okay, all right. I don't know, dude. I I, I want to I want to go Sam Houston, but we've been burned. By I was the about to say I, I've I've called them the that, past two so weeks, and so I know just for the sake of jinxing, I'm going to go Kansas State. Okay, okay, let's do that. Carter, no, can, Carter ha- I was about to know. Carter's, oh, okay. Carter's yeah, gone. He's gone either to. way. I've picked them two weeks, I have to. and you picked them last week. So, so we'll I'm go going Kennesaw Jinx. State. Yeah, yeah I'm we're, going we're Jinx. going reverse psychology here. Yes, I'm going Sam Houston. Picked against them the last two weeks. Uh, I've been in their boat before. I, they're, I know they're going to get it done this week. Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. All right, next game on the docket here. Houston playing at Baylor this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on Big 12 Network or ESPN+. Plus. 
Baylor coming in as four-point favorites. The <sighs> over-under is 58. Okay. Folks, what do we feel about this? Game this game is sick. This game is this disgusting. This game is Sicko's um, committee level. <laughs> this game is disgusting. If, if you were at this game, if you are a Baylor fan, no, if you're a Houston fan at this game, you're <laughs> disgusting. If you're a Baylor fan, it's just it's on campus. It's fine. Yeah. If you're a Houston fan at this game, you're disgusting. Um, look, I have no idea who I pick in this game, genuinely. My mind wants to say Baylor, but wouldn't it be very fitting if Houston just wins by like two touchdowns? I kind of think Houston, Houston has a chance to smoke them. Right. I was, <laughs> I was about, about to, to say, say that. Like, I think I would go Houston in this. This feels like, as bad as the vibes do feel, there's always like that but caveat with Houston where it's like, but none of the other big new Big 12 schools are doing well, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like there feels like a caveat where it's like, Sure, yes, Dana Holger, the air, this experiment's not going well, but is this just like transition pains and like, you know, just having to play this type of schedule week in, week out, things like that. Baylor just feels like just bad. Like it just feels like bad vibes. One, There's no caveat to it. You can't be like, well, they don't have blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, this is a title team a couple years ago. Well, so, and he, here's the thing too. I think you can point to multiple games on Houston's schedule this year where you can say, hey, they played really well. Donovan Smith looked really good. Sure. Can you say that about a single opponent that Baylor has played this year? Like, yeah, they pulled out that win, uh, that crazy win against UCF, but can you say, no, (laughs) no, we're not saying that against Long Island. My point. So no, (laughs) right. You can't say that about Baylor, but you can absolutely say that about Houston. Yeah. Y'all kind of answered my question, but I was going to ask like, who's in a worse spot with a loss? Like it's who, Baylor. I think it yes. might be Baylor. Just Absolutely. Cause I was Baylor. Thinking about it. Because let me play devil's advocate. on Go like for it. Why the loss might be worse for Houston. Go for it. Dana Holgerson quote. I'm glad to get to November. I'm excited about moving on to Baylor. Uh, basically said he knew the month of October would be what, how it happened. Uh, Go Cougs also put out a story with Dana on his radio show said the ship on the 2024 recruiting class in high school is basically sailed. Uh, Houston is 96 nationally and dead last among power five programs in 2024. Baylor. Houston. This is Houston. The Go Cougs guys. Yeah. This is on the radio show. So go follow, by the way, go follow the Go Cougs guys uh, and listen to talking about them Cougs on Republic of football. Yeah. That was uh, from, I believe from Brad Towns who we had on the show. Um, Eternal Optimist Brown Towns. Eternal Optimist Brad Towns put out an article basically like the ship sailed because if you're listening to Dana, it's basically saying the ship sailed. <laughs> like it's, it, yeah, I will say that is a good point. Um, I will say the only argument, again, the only argument for me is that uh, I don't see a lot of room for optimism in terms of, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase this, phrase this because Yes, you could make an argument that both coaches are on the hot seat. I think they both are. Um, I think you can make the argument that Houston probably – I think – this. I don't know how I can prove this exactly, but I feel there's a brighter there – there's a lighter climb to the end of the tunnel for Houston. There's a lighter climb to the end of the tunnel, and this is their first year in the Big 12. Baylor's, like, two-year – formation is kind of shocking is mm-hmm. like it feels like an implosion mm-hmm. so they don't get excited about anything no if do you watch their sidelines and they have a 30 yard touchdown pass the the guys are just like eyes glazed over i mean they feel on edge yeah like it yeah. feels on everybody's like it, feel, it feels like a, a stadium that's on edge like it just feels like oh geez what's happening you know like if, if the opponent scores like the wind just gets sucked out of the building you're just like oh what happened now yeah so there's zero energy going on with baylor right I now think i'm I think I'm going to Houston. I'm going to Houston too. I'm going to Houston. As this well. I know on the recap show I just made the argument that Houston could be 0 and 5 if not for uh, 
Hail Mary and West Virginia, and I'm all of a sudden going but for them. But they've been in games. They No, no, to your Baylor point, they have been, been in games. been in games, really. Right. No, no, 100%. 100%. That's, that's, that's the argument there. So. Well, and here's something, too. Um, Baylor's played five conference opponents this year. They've mm-hmm. only beaten two, and two of them are brand new to the Big 12. Yeah. They have not beaten a... A team that's been a part of the Big 12. So I don't know if that's good, if that falls in Baylor's favor, but again, I'm still going Houston. Yeah, no, it's fair. All right, next game on the docket for it this week. It's the Fighting Schmales. Texas State hosting oh Georgia Southern in an interesting matchup. <sighs> Saturday at 4 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Georgia Southern coming in as two point favorites. The over under is 70 and a half. Over. Jesus. Over. <laughs> over. You're going to hammer that over? Yeah, no, both these defenses are not very good, um, but both these offenses are also very good. I'm. It's a UNT or yeah, UNT UTSA game. Yeah, <laughs> good I'm gonna say yeah. Defenses. I'm gonna go. This is gonna sound pessimistic, but I think Georgia Southern is just a bad matchup, and so I'm gonna go too. Georgia Southern because one sneakily like one of the best coaches in G5 and Clay Hilton. <laughs> like, like the fact that he took that job after the USC job is still shocking to me. Um, but they just wrecked a really good Georgia State team last week, uh, 44-27 in the big rivalry game. Their only loss in conference is to James Madison, of course, who looks like next level. Uh, they've beaten Coastal already. They beat him by 10. And they kind of have a really good balanced attack going on right now. I believe Davis Brin, remember Davis Brin? He's their quarterback uh, from Tulsa, I believe. Yeah, G.J. Yeah. Kinney was running scout team. That's right. Yes. As Davis Brin, former yes. G.J. Ah. Kinney, former Tulsa QB. There you go. He said that Davis Brin was so good, like G.J. Kinney had to hop in and give him a realistic look. That's awesome. was his quote in the press conference. Yeah, I mean, Davis Brin, he was a starting quarterback for Tulsa, like a really good quarterback. I don't know how they got him at Georgia State. Fantastic get from them, from Clay Hilton and them. And then they also have a running back who's, like, approaching 600 yards in Jalen White, who's averaging, like, six yards a carry. So, like, I think it's a bad matchup overall. And I think out of the offenses that have shown more black marks, I think it's been Texas State recently. Yeah, I got I brought a few stats to the table. Um, Texas State is 117th in the nation in passing defense. Yep. And like we talked about, Georgia Southern's got that gunslinger yeah. with Davis Branch. 17 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That's a 2005 NFL quarterback stat line yeah. right there. That's uh, a Kerry Collins stat line for eighth, the Giants. <laughs> eighth in the nation in passing offense right now. Yeah. The last three games, TJ Finley's thrown four interceptions, mm-hmm. and Georgia Southern is ninth in the nation in turnovers gained. Yeah. So this Georgia Southern defense, while not very good, mm-hmm. is very opportunistic. Mm-hmm. And 100%. TJ Finley's kind of been throwing the ball around the yard a little bit. Yes, he, he has. I'm going to say I don't think we're in – uh, Malik Hornsby territory, but I will say we, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more packages for him this yeah, week. Yeah, can we get some more packages with Malik Hornsby? I wouldn't. There? I wouldn't mind that. Um, I know. I know that's a rhythm thing as far as like getting because their offense is a lot about rhythm and staying above, the, staying on script and things like that. But I would like to see. A little, I think I only saw we only saw Hornsby like once or twice last game. Um, I would like to see a little bit more running packages like that for him. So it just feels like Malik Hornsby right now is like the Jaguar you're too scared to take out. Yes, you keep it in the garage and yeah. keep like polishing it off. Yeah, my baby. <laughs> Maybe one day on it one, one day, day. <laughs> today's the day today's the day <laughs> that's awesome all right let's keep it rolling with smu playing at rice this saturday at 6 30 p.m you can watch it on espn u smu coming in as 12 point favorites the over under 59 and a half intriguing this is mm-hmm. very tasty. um all right so yes i'm taking smu right uh that i mean that, that goes without saying mm-hmm. but this is the first time since Oklahoma, probably, 
when they face an offense that can get after them. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, obviously we'll give them the TCU game to we'll give TCU as well, but you know I don't know they, they I think they were just overmatching that game. As far as like conference opponents, they have it's been Charlotte, ECU, T- Temple, Tulsa, right? None of those teams are putting up anything. They gave up 16, 10, 0, and ten in those games, right? Yeah. So uh, I believe Max Olson also put out his updated stop rate. And I believe they're like I eighth saw in that. the country right yep. now in stop fifth. rate. It was so, fifth. Fifth. Jeez, mm-hmm. even better. Uh, so fifth in the country defensive stop rate. So we know what Rice is going to do, and they're going to try to throw the ball around. I am very curious how this secondary holds up. Yeah, I'm very curious as well, too, because uh, JT Daniels, he did look a little shaky versus Tulane at yeah. the start. Yep. And they can't afford that to happen again. But once JT Daniels turned it on, it, it was pretty nice. Yeah. And I just feel like. I just feel like SMU's got too many playmakers in the secondary mm-hmm. for Rice. I mean, Rice is really Luke McCaffrey and 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 like that's about like yeah. I don't know it's who not else very is decorative. Really out there. Yeah, yeah, Dean Connors, their next leading receiver at running back, uh, with three hundred less yards at Luke McCaffrey. Yeah, it just feels <laughs> yeah. like SMU's got the studs in the secondary to kind of like lock it down to where and look, the defensive line too is is pretty pretty much full of physical specimens that were at, you know, power five programs before they transferred to SMU. It's like a team full of transfers, which we've talked about before. Right. Something to watch though is uh, Josh Percy is, hasn't been practicing. Bloom said he's walking around fine. This is Rice's defensive end Mm -hmm. outside linebacker hybrid. Um, Bloom's being very vague in his press conference about if he's going to play or if he's not going to play, which when he's being so vague, it kind of makes me feel like he's not going to play. Uh, he said he's walking around. It's a lower bo- lower body injury. Mm. Um, so that's a huge loss for Rice if he can't play. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, notice that we're not talking about SMU's offense versus Rice's defense because that's just going to turn out the way it is. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. There's it's uh, no... it's going to be a hold on for your dear life, Rice. The one thing I will say about SMU's offense, though, is like I feel like the tight end, RJ Maryland, is kind of turning into the number one option. Oh, he definitely is the number one. This year, he's definitely become the number one option this year. Which is good. They yeah. needed that number one option. Yes, and he is like he's like that hybrid, right? He's not a big tight end. But he is a, he's a receiving tight end. He's not. It's kind of like that that tweener body mm-hmm. where he's not he's not an inline blocker, but he's not. Uh, uh, slender enough to be a wide receiver, um, but he's athletic enough to like beat linebackers and like even challenge some safety. Nightmare. Yeah. So like, I'm one. I'm curious to see about his pro potential too because I really do think that type of tight end is interesting. Um, but he's definitely emerged after kind of being a sleeper for them as a freshman. Um, so yeah, I think he's at uh, 315 yards receiving, five touchdowns this year. So uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see. Uh, his development for the uh, the next uh, last couple games. And you said on on Sunday show you need Preston Stone to throw a 350 yard game before he gets oh, deemed God. P. Shiesty. <laughs> oh, Are we God. on P. Shiesty watch on this game? Do we, we think he's got 350 I in him? I think so. I think yeah. I think we're on P. Shiesty watch. This is <laughs> not good. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Keep an not eye out good. for it. P. Shiesty watch. Stay tuned. P. Sh- Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's round it out with UTEP hosting Western Kentucky this Saturday at 8 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus Western Kentucky coming in as 13 point favorites. The over under is 54 and a half under actually. Wait, isn't Western Kentucky like an insane offense? They're really good this year again. Okay, over. I mean, they're not as they're not as good as we probably they were under Bailey Zappi Zappi and 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 Kitley, but Austin. Austin Reed's been really good for them. So I don't know how many interceptions he had this year. Yeah, 20 and 5. So 20 to 5, 20 touchdowns, 5 picks this year. 
Um, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I, I don't know if that's down or on pace of last year. He was like the nation's leading passer last year. Yeah, he's on, he's definitely not on pace for that. He's uh, he has about half his t- half the touchdowns he had last year. Um, but regardless, yeah, I don't say UTEP being that, but keep up with that. Do we know Gavin Hardison's status? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I, have no I mean, I can look really so quickly, but I have most not. likely going to be K McConnell. Yes, okay. I would. I would presume so. This is something I've noticed all yeah. year. Is just coaches just like not updating what the injuries are. For uh, any I of think their last. I think last uh, status update, which you can probably take as no, is week to week. Okay. <laughs> With week to week for three for a month, right? Yeah. So That's yeah, the Sark like Quinny was his week to week for the next four games, right? Stay, 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 so right. yeah, um, yeah. Which this is something to watch too for like uh, you know as college football betting gets like more mainstream and like I really want to hammer some bets down on UTEP versus Western Kentucky. It's like yeah. I need to know if Gavin, Gavin Hardison's playing, you mm-hmm. know. And this is something that's gonna it's, we're in a collision course of like the gambling sharks. Laying down on Mike Bloomgren, you have to tell us what's happening with Josh Percy. You right. can't say it's a lower body injury and he's walking around. And he might right. play or might not play. I'm taking the under here. you got to tell me if yeah. he's going. <laughs> exactly. Um, Austin Reed has had, um, let's see, two set, 297, 297, 250, 365. Those are his last five, four games throwing the ball. So. Yeah, Western Kentucky's going to win this game. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I so. may try to make a joke about, like, I need to know if you haven't heard since playing. It doesn't matter. It really, it's, doesn't, it's, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> UTEP's done. Yeah. And, it's uh, over. They need to, they need to give, just give the ball to Deion Hankins. Just, yeah. If you lose, have him lose, like, 70 carries. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's having, like, a great – like, that's what I hate. Don't he's on 679 for the year, five and a half yards a carry, and Torrance Burgess has 529 on, like, five yards a carry. And it's like, finally the running game is, like, good. And then everything else just falls to pieces around them. It's like Dana Dimmel when he like his his readers drop into his eyes. He looks at his play sheet. It's just like handball off. De- Dion Hankins <laughs> in big letters. That's it. Uh, all right, that's all we got. We got a lot of interstate interstate matchups uh, this Intriguing week. week. So yeah, no, it's gonna be. Kind of a, I don't want to say a blood weekend, but it's kind of like a gauntlet weekend, I'll say. Because like, no matter what, there's going to be like some good and bad vibes coming out. We're going to have some answers yes. after this week. Well, definitely, that's a good way to put it. We're going to have mm-hmm. some answers. So with that being said, uh, of course, stay tuned for the Sunday recap episode. Uh, be sure to check out Mike Craven's stuff on TexasFootball.com. Go check out Carter's story right now on Sonny Dykes returning to Lubbock and kind of his emotional tie slash why he's not paying attention to his homecoming until the game's over. Um, but it's a really good story. Go check that out right now. Uh, Corey Hogue will be putting out some stuff. He put out new conference races for the non-FC, non-FBS and uh, conference playoff, uh, conference championship race, I should say, as well. I will also potentially have something on UTSA and UNT, the rivalry going up hopefully tomorrow, and in Craven's story on Tori and York as well, hopefully tomorrow. So please stay tuned to TexasFootball.com. Please subscribe to all the shows on the Republic of Football podcast feed. Listen to everybody. Promo code DCTF pointing right there just above my head uh, for 15% off your first-time purchase at Homefield Apparel. Go Rutgers, beat Ohio State, and Jimbo Fisher, please give us a call. Mallory, how dare you? Go Rutgers. <laughs>